welcome back to the Just Begin podcast. It's Melly here, and today we have Christina Aguiseras. And um, Christina, thank you for taking the time to speak to me today. So, if you want to, I'm so happy to be here. For sure. Um, so, if you can just kind of introduce yourself to everyone and just kind of take us back to the beginning, how you got into your field. Sure. Um, basically I'm an entrepreneur and I am an entrepreneur in the areas of psychotherapy and wellness. Um, so what does that mean? That means I'm a therapist and I have also a wellness business that I've had since 2009 where I provide a yoga, mindfulness, creativity, um, sort of healthy cooking, healthy mm-hmm. eating for children and adults. So since 2009, I've been kind of working in those spaces. And it kind of just became sort of the natural evolution for me to go into therapy. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of that been that next stage of my professional development. So did you go into therapy after that first business or did you have already been in that field and then you started that business? Yeah, I went into therapy after starting my wellness business, Mm -hmm. which before that business, I was in the international air transport oh wow (laughs) so that was uh, very different and I worked in that um for about 12 years I feel like 2009 is that was really early on and like the wellness how everyone now is like all about wellness and mindfulness like I'm sure clearly people were talking about that then but not as much as they are now you know, so I feel like you must, you're probably one of the first people really doing that. Um, I think that, I mean, look, yoga's mm-hmm. been around for yes. thousands of years, right? <laughs> of course. And I think that what kind of happened in maybe the 2000s, like the early 2000s was, sort of an explosion Mm -hmm. into that kind of the wellness, more holistic kind of world. Like you had Deepak Chopra Mm -hmm. everywhere. Um, You know, a lot of the sort of the lifestyle look, the lifestyle image, and also I think maybe a little bit of the reaction to this kind of culture that was going in the direction of burnout, Mm -hmm. like professional burnout. So a lot of people kind of, a lot of conversation about finding sort of balance in in life. So, yeah, I mean, obviously I had teachers, you know, and I've had teachers and continue to have teachers along the way. Um, but I don't know, you know, I don't know how many people were really kind of had the idea of integrating the different things. Um, at that time. Yeah. I feel like now for me, it was just kind of, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just kind of elaborating on what you said earlier about burnout. Mm-hmm. And I feel like now a lot of people talk about that because lately it's like hustle, hustle, hustle. And everyone is, I mean, even I've experienced it myself and we speak on it a lot in the magazine. And I I think it's great that now we're talking about it because, I mean, I, I'm like a new, I'm, I'm 24, I'll be 24 next weekend, so... I'm like kind of new. Thank you. I'm new and like I've always worked because my parents are entrepreneurs. So I always saw that. So and I got to see firsthand what burnout can be. I saw it with my mom 
And like, luckily I had that privilege, I guess, to kind of see and know the, what balance is. But I feel like a lot of people my age to experience burnout. I've seen my friends, my boyfriend, like everyone like lately now because we're so much pressure to be super successful. And if you have, you got to have a podcast, you got to have so many different things at once to show you're successful. So I feel like that's, this is a good topic to kind of go into about. So like, Mm -hmm. what would you, I guess, recommend for someone who is experiencing burnout? What, what kind of tips can we use to kind of prevent to even getting to that point? Yeah, I mean, that's really tough because I think our society, a lot of the messaging out there is like what you just said, like you have to somehow demonstrate that you're successful. And, you know, every generation has this, the expansion of choices. And with that comes almost like, this sense of being paralyzed because there is a so much choice what direction Mm -hmm. do you even go in right um and then you start spreading yourself really thin because you're doing all the things Mm -hmm. and maybe you're not even doing all the things that well yeah it's a great point So, I mean, honestly, there's nothing like going through a burnout, (laughs) you know, to, to kind of help you recalibrate Mm -hmm. in a way, you know, but I really think that something that's really important and really helpful is kind of finding out what your values are. Mm -hmm. And I mean that from a very practical sense. Um, Like, are your values education? Are your values personal growth? Are your values community or family? So kind of honing in on what your values are, what kind of a person do you want to be mm-hmm. like what what world? is your passion right? you know because I guess burnout really comes from trying really like doing so many things at once or doing something you don't even enjoy or that you hate and um just all that stress from that so I feel like what you said like figure out what are your values and what is your passion and what what should you put energy towards right yeah, yeah. and remembering that energy is finite. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it is and it isn't, right? But let's say from a very realistic standpoint, you are passionate about food and, for example, and you're a chef and that's a very, very demanding lifestyle. So maybe you know, you don't feel like you're working and you mm-hmm. feel like completely fulfilled and, mm-hmm. but it's a grind For and sure. it's a hustle and it's going to burn you out. Mm-hmm. So kind of finding that, that middle point because your body can only do so much. Mm-hmm. Your mind can only kind of do so much, um, at a certain point to Mm -hmm. do it well like are you getting the right kind of sleep the right kind of nutrition the right kind of exercise like Mm -hmm. those kind of things so many factors Mm -hmm. it's about like the long game Mm -hmm. you know the long view like what are things that you can do every day doesn't have to be like you don't have to be doing yoga for an hour and a half and meditating for like an hour right yeah like what can you do every day that it's like planting a little seed helping you kind of along Mm -hmm. so 
If would you recommend someone who is experiencing burnout to seek therapy or yes. I would yeah, if you can just cuz I personally I I've never been to therapy so I feel like um it, it'd be good to kind of speak on it a little more and just get some more information because I know every, I always see like everyone should go to therapy. So like, what do you feel about that statement? Well, first of all, a hundred percent. Yeah. I subscribe. Um, <laughs> because my view on therapy is it's like the ultimate in self care. Mm-hmm. Really. Yeah. You know? Um, People go to the gym, people pay for a trainer, you know, some people pay for a trainer, you know, like Mm -hmm. people do things to take care of their physical body. What are you doing to take care of your emotional Mm -hmm. body, Mm -hmm. your psychological body? And, um... The stresses that are out there, obviously, to have a place that you're not kind of dumping on friends, on partners, on family. Because what I love about therapy is that you're going to somebody who, like, their interest is you. They don't have the whole, like, story of, like, Fulanito <laughs> had this experience, so it's gonna go wrong for you because they did it like this, right? There's yeah. no kind of story there. It's really very much focused on you and really helping you learn and understand yourself. And I think, honestly, I think that's one of the most important relationships that you can cultivate. I mean, who are for you sure. with your entire yeah. life? You're with you, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That's kind of my take on therapy, but therapy for me in a way is like yoga. You can get as much or as little as you want from it. So if you want to go to therapy to help you deal with like a specific problem. You can just focus on that. You can do that. And there are therapists that kind of specialize in those. Mm -hmm. areas right and and therapeutic modalities that will specialize in Mm -hmm. certain areas um but then you know is that a band-aid yeah or you know is it maybe helping a person kind of move forward get some you know kind of some things addressed yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. But I think the question is, it depends on the individual. You know, are you a person that wants to go deeper? Yeah. I mean, I can tell you for me personally, therapy has absolutely changed my life. Mm-hmm. That's what I hear for all the that. time. For sure. I have very close friends of mine who've, who've gone to therapy and they've said that it's completely life-changing and just because I've never gone doesn't mean I'm opposed to. I will, I honestly, I am interested to go. I just never, it's like when you grow up in a Hispanic family, it's like, oh, therapy. Like, oh, only crazy people go to therapy. Absolutely. You know, so I feel like this is a good segue now to kind of talk about that, you know, because I, I know you do focus on that, especially of like women of color. And I feel like it's not just Hispanic women. It's almost any person of color where it's like, Therapy is just seen as, like, if you're crazy, like I said, it, it's sad okay. and, that, and that I grew up thinking that way. And it's not my parents' fault. Right. They grew up thinking that way, too. Exactly. And it, it's very, you know, it's, it's been very stigmatized, especially in sort of the Latino community where... I mean, I have family members who, when I went to graduate school, they were like, oh, you're going to go work with crazy people. Mm -hmm. And they have this whole idea of, like, you know, people that are institutionalized, that are seriously, you know, have serious mental illness, Mm -hmm. which obviously you need and deserve care and support and what have you. But 
um, the idea of sort of therapy for personal growth, personal development. Um, I think that it can be viewed also, especially like if you come maybe, you know, your first or second generation American, it could be viewed by the older generations as even a little bit self-indulgent. For right? sure. Mm -hmm. Like a little bit sort of, I know, I know people love to rag on millennials. I'm mm -hmm. not one of those people, <laughs> you know, um, but the sort of like, oh, uh, young people, they can't handle anything. So yeah. they have to run and like cry and get mm -hmm. help and whatever. Yeah, I hear that all the time. Right. And mm -hmm. really the problem is, is that we have a society that needs a lot of help in developing emotional intelligence. And that it and and processing trauma, especially in the Latino community. And mm -hmm. a lot of people don't want to recognize that. And you can't push that. You can't argue that. You have mm -hmm. to do for yourself. Yeah. Ultimately. You know, and I think for younger sort of people in their 20s, 30s that are dealing with sort of the, the quarter-life crisis, the sort of existential dread of everything and feeling torn, like, oh, if I go to therapy, I'm crazy, or my family, or what are people going to say? I think what I say to that is find somebody good and, like, find a good therapist, get good support, and you will show up more authentically with your family, with your friends, with the people that you care about. And that kind of does the work, in my mind, of destigmatizing the therapy. Yeah, you might have like that, you know, somebody who's going to be like, oh, you must be crazy. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay, maybe I am crazy in your mind. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah I think like I mean growing up that's what I always heard and I mean I have very close friends who went to therapy and they're not crazy they just have they've felt like depression from school or from a relationship or pretty much I mean just like any like anyone everyone feels that way sometimes so I feel like it's very valuable and important to recognize it and know to seek out when you need it but like you said earlier you everyone kind of should just to keep because it's so important like to have to be full to have like total wellness I guess that's not the right way of saying that but you have to focus on your mind body and everything like not just your body your mind too absolutely. so absolutely of course so I guess so what kind of therapy do you focus on yeah um so the way that I kind of describe it is um, sort of holistic mm -hmm. and eclectic would be the description. But basically, there are elements of different types of styles or theories that I work with. Um, cognitive behavioral therapy, helping people kind of develop an understanding and a recognition of their thinking processes. Interesting. Um, but also very much, like my favorites are feminist therapy, existential therapy, and um, a type of therapy called ACT, which is acceptance and commitment therapy. Mm -hmm. And they're all kind of about in my mind, kind of supporting the person where they are, taking into consideration society, culture, environment, everything that comes with us. Yeah. Um, you know, 
family history, of course, like epigenetic, like the genes, the story mm -hmm. of your culture and your family. Um, and really kind of work to help give the person tools to manage the difficulties in life and the challenges in life and understand a little bit like why is it that you're reacting in a certain mm -hmm. way, developing some language around developing some emotional mm -hmm. intelligence because you, if you cannot articulate what's happening or what you're feeling, how are you going to shift that? Yeah. And that has, that kind of takes me into acceptance and commitment therapy, which has to do with values, identifying values, identifying like this thought or this behavior, this choice is making you kind of be a little closer to your values or further away. Um, and also kind of helping people recognize the inherent power of choice and the freedom that comes with that. Mm. Like big misconception, I think for people of my generation, people of your generation. I mean, I'm straight like generation X mm -hmm. and somehow the messaging, I think from my generation, other generations, like, uh, you know, later mm -hmm. than, than me, it's been like that life is easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's not for sure. Life is not easy. Mm -hmm. So when, we encounter difficulties, we think that there's something wrong with us, that we're making yeah. mistakes, that somehow we are flawed or we failed. No, mm -hmm. not at all. It's that it's not, it's not what you see on Instagram yeah. or TikTok or wherever, <laughs> wherever, you know, in my case, it was magazines, mm -hmm. you know, it's not, that's not what life is. So how are you going to deal with the challenges? And that's really kind of why I went into wellness, why I've continued to go in and go deeper and become a therapist, because I really want to help people manage the difficult times in their lives and gain tools that will help them thrive mm -hmm. so that they can be who they are and like, show up the way that is meaningful and mm -hmm. authentic and like be that whole hearted person that everybody is inside mm -hmm. so what are some like practical tips someone can take away like me I've never been to therapy right but I I do experience anxiety a lot and I have I'm stressed from work and I, I have so many projects going on that I mean I've been dealing with anxiety since I was a little kid I used to have anxiety attacks a lot and I would go to the sometimes the ER like the hospital they would come pick me up and I know my family didn't understand it so I feel like because they I they I don't even think they even knew what the word anxiety was to be honest because right. my parents are from Cuba they were born there first generation here like they came to Miami so, like, I experienced that growing up, and it was just, like, this constant thing that kept on happening until I seeked out just information on it. And I was like, what is, like, why do I keep feeling this way? And I've had to, like, kind of, now since it's talked about so much more, I've learned how to control my, like, anxiety with, like, meditation, health, and going full vegan. Like, that really changed my life in that in that aspect. But, um, great. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I I had to do a lot of like research. I I I would still love to go to therapy though and seek that out, but cuz I mean, anxiety of what I've read like it's not you just don't get rid of it. It's a natural feeling. So I feel like mm -hmm. what are some practical tips for someone who experiences anxiety? Since I have that I'm interested right. to know some more from a therapist's point of view. Sure. I mean, I think first and foremost is breathing mm -hmm. because breathing is going to help you regulate your nervous system a little bit of understanding like what 
are the mechanisms that are triggering the anxiety. From a neurological standpoint, it is the amygdala is firing and freaking out and you're going either into fight, flight, freeze, or this fawn mode. So kind of doing the research, I mean, Mm -hmm. kudos to you, you know, for doing the research and finding things that helped you. So Mm -hmm. dietary changes, that can definitely help. Um, But from a very practical standpoint, inhale for four breaths, exhale for six breaths Mm -hmm. doing that on a regular basis there are a ton of apps out there the calm app is my favorite yeah so the calm app for you yeah i like insight timer okay i'm gonna check that out um they have everything from like binaural beats which I like a lot personally. Okay. Um, that you can just kind of lay down, put some headphones mm-hmm. on, chill out, put, you know, kind of find what works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, journaling, writing, mm-hmm. like what is it that you feel anxious about? Because what is it that heightens that the cycle of the anxiety is the resistance to mm-hmm. the anxiety you don't For want to sure. feel anxious yeah, yeah. right mm-hmm. so accepting okay i feel anxious right mm-hmm. now it's okay to feel anxious like <laughs> i mean yeah there's like a global pandemic it's okay <laughs> to feel anxious right yeah so when you recognize and put it in context already like the temperature goes from like a 10 just by being like, Oh, okay. I'm anxious. I recognize I feel anxious goes from maybe a 10 to an eight. What tools do I have right here right now at my disposal? I can breathe. Okay. So you can put one hand on your heart, one hand on your belly, breathing in, breathing out those are practical tools feeling your body like noticing your feet on the ground Mm -hmm. noticing your body in the chair because anxiety if you think about like the energetic quality of anxiety it's like all in your head all in your head very right it's a divorce from the mind and the body. So mm-hmm. how do you get back into your body? Yeah. How do you get present? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Not, it, it's not about escaping. It's about recognizing and then attending to yourself, like in a kind and gentle way. Like self-compassion is so necessary. Mm-hmm. And when you can kind of approach your feelings with some self-compassion, like you start to take the sting out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like when I first started experiencing like panic attacks, I thought I was like, I'm sick. Because I had no idea what it was. My parents didn't even know what it was. Because the first time I, I, they called the ambulance, they picked me up. They were like, oh, I think because what I kept saying was like, I can't breathe. So I'm like, oh, something's wrong with my lungs. I'm like, I'm dying. The world is ending. Mom, I'm sorry. <laughs> so like that was my thought process. And I just right. kept experiencing it. Like it would happen at night. And I feel like from that first initial one, I just kept thinking like I would go to sleep at night thinking that was going to happen. So when you're oh, expecting yeah. it to happen, it's like, oh, it's happening. I feel it. And my mom, bless her heart, she would just keep coming to my room. She's like, okay. And then she would like um, put like the vapor rub Vicks under my nose <laughs> because I was like I can't breathe I can't breathe <laughs> so she would That's just constantly con- a great yeah trick, though. It, it is to this day I still it's next to my bed at night like just in case but um yeah. I feel like what you said like I didn't it's like recognizing like okay I have anxiety right now I'm okay so like that's I had like I just learned that kind of just. I keep continuing to have anxiety 
And it was like, it was a learning lesson really. Cause I would just freak out and be like, what is this feeling? I really, I would tell my mom, like, there's something wrong in my brain. I have cancer. Like I would just come up with all these different things. And they're like, you're a hypochondriac. You just, you think you're sick. And I'm like, there's just something wrong with me. And then, um, I was getting to a point here, but I was just thinking about that moment. But yeah, so I feel like it's recognizing that you have anxiety and just like breathe. Like breathing really to this day, that's what really helps me. I'm like, take a deep breath in, take one out and just like recognize it and then it's it's all going to be okay. Right. Yeah. Well, the breathing is that you are activating the vagus nerve so Mm -hmm. the vagus nerve is the largest nerve from the brain to the heart and to the stomach Mm -hmm. so that nerve actually the heart the lungs and the stomach i think Mm -hmm. um but basically that nerve the direction runs the messages as it were actually run mostly from the body to the mind so you have these two types of regulation, top-down regulation, bottom-up regulation mm-hmm. is what they call it. So top-down is like to intellectualize, to rationalize, okay. to say, I am safe, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And then you're kind of telling your body you are safe, you are okay, mm-hmm. right? The bottom-up is to be in your body. It is breathing exercises, grounding yeah. exercises, like feeling your body in the chair, things like that, that kind Mm -hmm. of send that message from your body up to your brain to be like, okay, you're all right. Yeah. So one of the times that I had a panic attack, I actually, I, I think I was like 13 or 14. I was in the hospital and they said, okay, well, they just prescribed me like Xanax. My mom didn't want to give me that at that time. And so I guess like, what is your, your take on that? I know medicine does help some people. I'm not like against it or anything, but what do you recommend? Cause I know you do take things from a holistic approach. So what kind of is your point of view on that? I think that just like anything, right? Mm -hmm. Moderation. For sure. So. I'll tell you straight up that I don't agree with professionals that prescribe, mm-hmm. and then there's no therapy that's going along with. It. Yeah, they didn't say anything like of that. So if I would have known sooner, I would have I would have seeked that out. But I just kind of like I was my own therapist almost, and speaking to friends who have been to therapy. And, like, them giving me tips on, like, how to, like, breathe and relax. Like, I kind of just learned from doing the research. But I remember, I still remember that day so clearly. He was like, yeah, just take some Xanax. I'll go away. Like. And you were 13. I'm 13 like, years honestly, old. And my, luckily my but, mom, yeah. That she yeah, was against this it. This is the medical model, mm-hmm. right? This is the medical model. I mean, even Prozac. Prozac was intended initially mm-hmm. to be used in conjunction with talk therapy it mm. was not intended to be used by itself so okay. that's kind of i'm very passionate about mm-hmm. intentionality yeah there's no quick fix for anything for sure like you're not gonna take a tea or a pill and lose 50 pounds mm-hmm. or 30 pounds or 10 whatever mm-hmm. it is yeah you're not gonna take a pill and fix what is hurting inside mm-hmm. it doesn't yeah it's a like process that. for sure and like I'm I'm happy yeah. that my mom was like no you're not gonna do that we're gonna like she just helped me like come up with like a ritual pretty much at night like I would relax. You would like my mom is very into meditation, so we like would meditate. Like my mom's actually like she's gone through like a whole holistic like journey herself. So I I do like take a lot of that from her, and I just kind of would do these like rituals at night and know like okay we're gonna breathe, relax. She gave me like essential oils in the room. 
to calm down. So like I've still to this day, that's how I prepare my, like now I have rituals pretty much in the morning and night and throughout the day to prevent me from feeling so anxious. Yeah. And yeah. I think your mom honestly did an amazing job by mm-hmm. creating these. I mean, when I work with people from a therapy standpoint, mm-hmm. this is some of the things that we kind of design and yeah. test as it were like, well, what is a ritual that you can create that is going to support your well-being? Yeah. You know, what is a habit that you can create that is going to support your well-being? So for some clients that is listening to meditation at night, doing you know meditation, going for a walk, journaling, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, kudos to your mom. For yeah, sure. for sure. Like, and I know, and then again, like that's, I was very lucky in that point because I know a lot of people don't get that experience or you're just like, oh, I don't know, just take the medicine, you know, like put a Band-Aid on it. So, exactly, yeah, which is unfortunate, but I feel like what you're doing online is like, and everyone else with this like movement that's been going on for a while, at least it's helping people understand that you don't need to just take medicine. There's like to understand, I'm trying to, I'm, I'll cut this part out. (laughs) It's like for people to recognize what they're feeling and now we're talking about it. So now it's not so like secret because when I first started feeling that way, I was like, I don't even know why I'm feeling this way. I have an amazing family. I have not had very traumatic, traumatic experiences that other people have had. So I just think, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's just like something in my brain something I've manifested in myself, but now I've, like, I've learned, like I said, with rituals, I've learned to, um, like, combat it, and I'm okay, but I mean, there's still days I still have bad days where I'm like, I can't even get out of bed. Right, So, you know, the thing is, is that medication, again, is, I don't want to say that medication is a no-go, because mm -hmm. there are people that legitimately benefit from medication either for brief use Mm -hmm. or for long-term use you know it's really what it is supporting your best not only functioning in the world but your thriving in the world Mm -hmm. and if medication is going to help you do that then then yeah then let's do that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but, um, even with medication, even with rituals, like you say, you might have days that are not great mm-hmm. yeah. and that's okay too. Yeah. I think self, personal self-awareness, especially when you kind of maybe deal with or yeah let's say deal or with mental health is kind of a part of your concerns Mm -hmm. um personal self-awareness is really important because yes for sure you're gonna know right like I'm having a down day or I'm having a down couple of days versus this has been going on for a month. <laughs> My cat is in the way. <laughs> I'm surprised yeah. mine haven't jumped up. I yeah. have two. So. Yeah, I have two as um, well. I don't know. He just popped up. But yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cute. But um, yeah, basically, like, I mean, I'll, I had a an episode a serious episode with depression in Mm -hmm. my late teens and early 20s and Mm yeah it was you know not being able to get out of bed and the whole the whole thing and um and luckily I was able to go to therapy and luckily I my therapist actually sent me to a psychiatrist Mm-hmm. to get medication and I was on medication for a few months and I always liken that experience to it helped me get my brain organized 
Interesting, so that I could yeah. Function, I guess, yeah. Because I couldn't function. Mm-hmm. And once I was functioning, then I, you know, I used to do also acupuncture and massage and like yoga mm-hmm. has been a big part of my life for a long time. Um, meditation, all these different things that kind of supported me in my growth and well being. And I, I mean, I have a therapist and I have been going to therapy for many years now on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And I know that for me, that's not only helping me sort of, um, you know, maintain my, my mental wellness, but it's, it's, hugely um important to my personal growth yeah and helping me like just really helping me be the person that I want to be helping Mm -hmm. me show up the way that I want to show up helping me do the work that I want to do that I think is so important um so you kind of need to find your own cocktail as it were right yeah what works for you yeah that's a great point so I guess I know you do a book club on your Instagram so what are some books you recommend for for anyone really like what are some like books you think we should anyone should read if they're looking into um just bettering their mental wellness really yeah so definitely I mean it is the first book that I recommend to all my clients and it is this book that I'm doing the book club on right Mm -hmm. now and it's called there's nothing wrong with you going beyond self-hate a compassionate process for learning to accept yourself exactly as you are and it's like very 90s you know comic fans and (laughs) um and it's by Sherry Huber and honestly it is simple Mm-hmm. super powerful um that I think is an amazing book I think for women another like seminal book is Clarissa Pinkola Estes women who run with the wolves mm-hmm. myths and stories of the wild woman archetype it's a very yeah. it's a book for your life yeah I've been meaning to you get know. that book I see it all the time online and it's just like super powerful, and I I keep, I've read excerpts from it because it's it's essays, right? It's multiple essays, it's, or it's a she full... basically takes stories and mm-hmm. myths and breaks them down. Breaks them down. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. need. So, I need to. I'm right when I list when I edit this podcast, I'm going to get these books and I'm going to read them. <laughs> I. It's funny that you said that because I I was in the first episode I recorded of this. I was like, I'm going to start reading again. And because I, since I've, I've just been like so drawn into work and I, yeah. I got out off of my ritual bit and that's when I started having these bad days again. And I was like, okay, I need to go back to the things that I enjoy to do. And that's reading and just like doing things that I love. I love to cook. I love to just relax. So like cooking to yeah. me is meditation. Like my mom cooks. That's why I grew up watching her do that so when I when I cook I put my phone away from me and I'm like in the zone that's like a form of meditation for me so I'm reading as well so that's why I was like okay I need to get it back into reading again and I bought some books but now I'm interested in reading those because I've always seen them online yeah Yeah. Those, those two books are really really good I mean you know depending on kind of how complex how Mm -hmm. deep you want to go another amazing book honestly I mean I think anybody who's human would benefit from this book and it's called The Body Keeps the Score and it is by Bessel van der Kolk and um, it's about trauma and it's Mm -hmm. about how trauma sits in the body and he is one of 
like the leading trauma experts in the world. And the book is actually a New York Times bestseller. I mean, there are parts of it that are pretty, pretty academic. Yeah. Um, So it's not an easy read, Mm -hmm. but if you have the bandwidth for it, I definitely, and the interest, of course. Yeah, um, for sure. Because I think that that's something that we need to understand is that we are a traumatized species. Mm -hmm. And when we can kind of come from that space and that understanding, I think, I mean, understand that, like, over generations, you know, that, it doesn't mean like, oh, you know, you had to have been in some like horrible, yeah, you know, war or something like mm-hmm. that. It it is part of the human kind of condition. Mm-hmm. Um, trauma. Yeah, it's generational. It, yeah, absolutely yeah. generational. Like, and it goes back and it goes back and it goes back. And so, you know, even as simple as like not being attuned too Mm -hmm. you know not being seen not being heard because like nobody no parent can attune to a child exactly perfectly because Mm -hmm. that doesn't exist yeah you know so like even if we grow up in circumstances, I think that's a really important point to understand is like, even if we grow up in circumstances where our families have been really loving and, you know, we've had everything that we've needed Mm -hmm. and we still maybe struggle with feeling depression or anxiety, it's okay. Like, you're allowed to feel that you know Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean to be like oh because how is it that you feel this yeah feeling bad about it yeah right and other people have had it so much worse yeah that's what I was going through personally I was like I don't understand why I feel this way when if from the outside looking in I have a perfect life from some from from a someone if someone else is looking in who doesn't have two parents, siblings, a nice home, like food on the table, you know? So that's what I was going through. So that was very valuable. You said like you can't experience experience these feelings and that's okay. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, if you want to explore sort of that dynamic a little bit more Mm -hmm. is definitely kind of, reading the Sherry Hooper book that yeah. there's nothing wrong with you and then the trauma book I think mm-hmm. you know those are two really powerful books I mean yeah. I have a massive list of books yeah so. <laughs> well I guess it's it's a good way to kind of like wrap this up I feel so kind of tell everyone where they can find you on Instagram and what to look in just kind of what you show on your Instagram because you show a lot of valuable things and you're also doing a book club so if you want to you know yeah sure (laughs) so I mean I think the best way to find me is probably on Instagram because my name is not the easiest to spell um so if you just go to Christina Therapy and it's Christina with an H so um Christina Therapy, and right now I have a a book club series for adult women that I'm running that we have a few weeks left. We run it into mid-December, so I will be starting and then probably in mid-January, and I'll be promoting it on Instagram, so um, basically... I think the book that we're going to do is going to be uh, by this writer called Sark, and she's, (laughs) do you know her? No, I've never heard of her before. Oh my gosh, this is, again, very 90s. Yeah. So her book is, this is, this is 
Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, very 90s. And it's called Succulent Wild Woman, Dancing with Your Wonderful Self. Mm. And again, it sounds super corny. And I'll be honest, I'm kind of corny. I haven't <laughs> figured that out yet. <laughs> but that's okay. Like, this was published in 97. I recently reread it. And I was like, this book is amazing. Yeah. And I need to share this book with people. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do this book. And it's got sort of everything from she writes about healing places, um, self-healing, the fear of being too much, um, how we stop ourselves. She's... She's got a really interesting story. Again, it's a book that you yeah. can read, like chilling in the bathtub mm-hmm. type of thing. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a wonderful book. Like mm-hmm. again, you can as deep or as surface level as you want. As you want mm-hmm. her book, and she has also points to a lot of other books, a lot of other reference material that. Although it's, you know, very old at this stage, mm-hmm. over 20 years old, it's still very valuable information. Yeah. Um, so that'll be in January. And then I also do these sort of six-week book clubs for book clubs and sort of like uh, self-care groups for tweens and teens. Um, I love that. Yeah. particular. Mm-hmm. So, because I think that that's really, really important. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, um, I see clients for therapy. And right now, everything's virtual. So, mm-hmm. we, we see each other online. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. I think sure. this I, I learned a lot of things myself. And... Um, I'm still going to, for sure. Thank you so much. So everyone, make sure to check her out on Instagram. And thank you for listening.